When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pod save the Queen! Hello and welcome to the end of year review for Pod Save the Queen. I'm your host, Anne Gripper, and I am joined by Daily Mirror Royal Editor Russell Myers and the Mirrors online like fashionista extraordinaire Sarah Bradbury so welcome guys um lovely to have you with us as we look back on what has been a very crazy year hello yeah I want to be an extraordinaire oh, why can't I I, I want right. that title Royal that's Editor extraordinaire. Good. new title for Royal <laughs> Extraordinaire that's pretty good what was the other ones I had during the year I've had a couple oh, self-anointed obviously <laughs> <laughs> Don't think we need to go there. No, we don't. (laughs) We've had too much of it, yeah. But we're recording this. When are we? We're assuming we're going to get to the end of the year, which you know, it's uh, it's a couple of weeks still to go. So it's fifteenth of December that we're recording this. We're a little bit, little bit delayed by the breaking news of the Archwell Spotify deal, which will have been thoroughly dissected already in the space time continuum. But um, you know, in a bonkers, bonkers year. Meghan and Harry leaving the royal family was not the biggest hap- thing that happened to the royal family this year, really. After I know. Who would have thought that? Someone asked me that the other day about how, you know, how, what a mad time it was. And if you sort of hark your mind back, back to January, I mean, the headlines at the time screamed Queen bids to save, save the monarchy. They didn't even tell the Queen. Meghan and Harry, what are they doing? God, what's, you know, I, and it all felt like the world was ending. Um, and now, <laughs> I think it was a few weeks later, it actually did feel like the world was ending. And so, and then it just all got put into context, didn't it? That um, a lot of things that people were losing their heads about possibly didn't matter in the whole grand scheme of things. Um, but now we've, normal service has been resumed this week, I see, after, you know, Megan has uh, signed a couple of deals. Megan and Harry, their Spotify deal will no doubt be poured over over the next few weeks uh, alongside their Netflix deal. They're going to be making an awful lot of dough. And then, 2021 uh, is going to be a big year for them and we will, we will be looking ahead to next year as well. But I mean, I think thinking back to those first months of the year, I mean, we, when that news broke and we were running around the office and there were podcasts all over the show as different lines came out and um you know, the couple that I look back to doing that I'm really glad we did about the kind of the Ipso and the media law and just putting in a bit of context how how the things work over here and, you know, that sort of who they are and the pressure and, and that kind of thing. It's, I mean, it's, I think we would have, in the normal run of things, things would have settled down a bit quicker and they would have been a lot further on with their journey. Yeah, probably. Yes, of course. I think that it's normally that sort of sense when you get like a political crisis, everyone goes crazy, either the person resigns or they leave and then it's quiet for a bit. And that probably would have happened with Harry and Meghan that you would have seen this big furore blowing up. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? The Queen's bidding save the monarchy. And then, um, and then and then it would have all settled down wouldn't it and then we would have just had a few tours to look forward to 
uh, William and Kate have done a tour, and then you would have gone on the big, big Charles and Camilla tour, and then, um, and then all normal service would have been resumed. They would have popped up here and there in the states, announcing various deals. Uh, but I just, I just, I think it would just the landscape would be so different, wouldn't it? Well, that's the end of year review you could have had if coronavirus <laughs> hadn't turned up. But how you know? the end of the year is often a time of reflection as you know we're doing that now how do you think the royal family will reflect on that um you know that that time and how it's unfolded since and where where the different parts of the family are so how do you think Meghan and Harry feel about it now yeah and and for the people who are kind of left over here doing the well, I st- we're, we're definitely not even, we're not nowhere near out of the woods yet because of this 12-month review clause. And I think that that is going to, when that comes up in March, um, a lot of things are going to change because I imagine Meghan and Harry will feel that um, a lot of water has passed, them, passed under the bridge, that they have cemented their position as... Um, very independent both financially and metaphorically that they are just doing their own thing i think the family have got on very well without them um certainly you've seen a a whole year of change whether that was this digital first element with the royals getting out there on zoom other video casters are available uh, i must say um but whether they've been getting out on video calls i mean even the queen was getting involved you've seen a couple of um them coming together, the Queen and Sophie, Sophie and Kate. Uh, certainly, that's going to happen a lot more next year. Um, I did a story last week about you know, the Queen has given the go-ahead to the the other seven um, senior royals that they will be working together certainly a lot more closely next year. And um, I just feel that they have probably benefited from just getting on with the job, and that's the central point of what the Queen is always talked about both privately and you know externally saying that they have to be seen to be believed they have to get out there do the job do the duty and not get too involved with the noise and i think that that was a lot of the problem at the start of the year it really really was distracting from a lot of the important business um yeah and it just wasn't us talking about it it's everyone you know whether you're royal fans everyone across the globe it was it was a massive massive story and i don't think that takes away from anything that was um, talked about, written at the time, it's just then the, the world events took over, didn't they? Sarah, like, how how do you feel about it? As just as a person who sort of does it, joins us joins us sometimes, but is mainly on the fashion side rather than the the royal side. And like, I mean, do, you, do you think they should lose their HRH? That's always the kind of the, one of the key questions that people seem to keep coming back to. I don't. I don't really know. I do feel like it's a bit unfair because I feel like Megan's potentially the first girlfriend or person that's been in Harry's life that, since his mum, who's kind of been said to him, like, what do you want to do? And if this is what he wanted, I feel like, you know, we should have let him go and we shouldn't be mean to him because it's not like you don't marry. I can't remember what the phrase is. You don't marry into the family. You marry into the life that you have or something. What is the phrase? No, no, no. I don't um, but I feel like yeah, I, person, aren't you? yeah and I feel like yeah and I feel like she's the first one that's kind of ever said to him what do you want what do you want from life what do you want to do and he kind of was just like I'll do whatever you want to do and I think she obviously wanted to go back to the States be close to her mum and give Archie a more of a sheltered life and a bit more protected out there but at the same time I feel like it has been 
taken the wrong way because he still had duties and he still had things that he needed to do and finish here. And it just all seemed to happen so abruptly. Mm. I mean, it does feel like they have very much fully committed to mm. America yeah. and to sort of celebra- celebrity slash political influencer type vibe. And I think even the sort of, you get the repeated messages. So, you know, you see with politicians, they've got the buzzwords that they try and come out with each time. And that is, that feels to me like their kind of, their kind of vibe. I don't feel you get as much of that sort of drilled in keyword messaging from the rest of the royal family of like, we've got to make sure we drop in this soundbite and this soundbite or our buzzwords of being like, okay, and compassion or, you know, all the different, different ones that are are getting picked up. Megan's always uh, very keen to get her stuff across. Yeah, they are. I mean, when you listen to William and Kate, and certainly they will, when they're talking about mental health, you're, they'll probably use the same sort of phrases sometimes. And, you know, how are you checking in on each other? Are you, are you learning about each other? And that is, I mean, part of their MO. However, um, I, yeah, it does feel as though that Megan and Harry are building a brand, doesn't it? That they are really working hard at it and that it's a PR strategy to try and, you know, make, I don't know, again, yeah, build a, build a brand of their own. And that's, that's fair enough in one sense, whether you, whether you want to build, believe in or get involved in it. I don't know. It's horses for courses, isn't it? Some people find it really interesting and they'll get on board and the sort of people who would be really, really interested in following what they're doing and other people will find it, um, you know, fairly... Not their cup of tea. Not their cup of tea. That's probably about right. A nice Britishism. So I think Meghan and Harry, you know, if if you think about how much life got turned up or they turned their lives upside down at the beginning of the year and then coronavirus to ups- turned upside down their plans i think they can feel quite satisfied with how far they've got with things like massive netflix deal presumably yeah. massive spotify deal um they've signed up with the public speaking folks uh, a whole load of good like video calls have managed to meet some of their idols and kind of you know do that um like what's it called like uh you know, if you wanted to um, phone all, all your imaginary best dinner party type. Yeah. Dinner party, yes, yes. You know, yeah, the, all of the people, all your idols, it's like, yeah, I want to interview this person and that person and that person. And I feel like they do have that sort of level of access that they can just say, I'd like to talk to this person about social media or about about um uh, you know, sort of feminism or, or whatever yeah. it happens to be. So they've managed to do a load of that. They obviously had sadness in the summer with their miscarriage. So, you know, that again is something that I'm sure they will be fre- reflecting on of, you know, how, how different life might have been at this time of the year if things had gone differently for them. Um, and, but in terms of, in terms of their work, I think they've made good progress. And then in terms of, they, you know, they've, they've found a home where they want to be, set it up. They've got friends there. So I think, you know, and they've set up their brand after that kind of initial, no, you can't have all of that stuff patented and no, you can't have that name and it's going to be Archwell and they've got a website. You can sign up for the newsletter. So they've put a flag in the ground and here we come. 2021, be ready, I think, is where it's at, isn't it? Yeah, they probably think, I mean, after the sort of wranglings over Sussex Royal, which caused a lot of upset at the time, and I think they they dug their heels in far too much. They obviously wanted to build a brand. They wanted to trade on the Royal Connection. I can't imagine that Harry was 
that bothered about it. He just wanted his freedom in inverted commas and, and to go and live a different kind of life. And definitely Megan was the driving force um, behind all of the ideas to, that she had the connections. She'd come from that very PR driven um, actor Hollywood background. And so she knew how that would work in a, in a sense, but um, but now they've done it. I mean, if they've got uh, they've got Archwell, they've signed a massive deal with Netflix. Spotify are now uh, they've announced this exclusive deal, um, and the money will roll in, won't it? And as well as the sort of the fame and fortune, they've got huge, huge influence. They're talking about Brit, um, sorry, American politics. They're talking with people like Oprah Winfrey and Michelle Obama. I mean, who are they going to have on the podcast? You imagine it will be big, big. High level not stars. You me. Probably not. You never know, though. We're getting good listeners. Don't put ourselves down. Well, well, maybe yeah. we'll have them on our show. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> That's an, also a different review of the year podcast. I think that you could have had in different circumstances. Maybe. Who knows? We shall see. Stranger things have probably happened. Look at twenty twenty. Exactly. Um, so the firm, as the royal family is often known, like so many businesses they've had to adapt very quickly this year they had that sort of first shock to the system which we've just been discussing with Meghan and Harry and then the you know like like for so many of us including us like our normal way of working so for them going out and about and meeting people shaking hands and unveiling plaques and what have you and that all grounds grounds a halt they couldn't they couldn't do it and then they've I feel like they've adapted really well and then I think also at the end of this year they will probably also just be feeling really fortunate and glad and grateful that they have come through it all in one piece and not to you know in in good health Prince Philip and the Queen have been isolating together you know it's not it's not it's never it's never a given with anybody but you know they are in their in their latter years and another year and another Christmas to celebrate is always a a good thing touch I mean we're recording this two weeks before New Year so I hope that this is oh don't be killing anyone off god gosh I mean I might not make the end of the year by this rate to be honest while we were while we were um waiting for you to join us Russell we were reminiscing about you know how often often Christmas actually is a busy time and you know George Michael dying on Christmas on Boxing Day and things like this but anyway enough of the doom well I'm glad I I didn't come in for this one god how depressing what else? I do, uh, do apologise. Right, let's let's lift the mood. But anyway, they, but no, they should be grateful. I think all of us should be grateful. I mean, I know, I know there will be many listeners who have had, you know, loved ones lost this year, whether it's a coronavirus or or other things, and and I'm sure it will be a very difficult time of the year for you and you know if, uh, I'm sure you know we've all, we've all been there in different years in different ways when it's it's that difficult time of the year at, at Christmas and New Year so if that is you then um, do take care of yourselves and take the time that you you need to remember and remember the happy times as well but you know for the royal family when Prince Charles was diagnosed with coronavirus you know and then we had Boris Johnson was being seriously ill he's obviously not a member of the royal family but it kind of showed the level of it doesn't matter if you're royal. It doesn't matter if you're the prime minister. Mm. You can get really, really sick, and this illness is horrible, really horrible. And this yeah, it was it was a mad time. I remember sort of bursting into the kitchen and announcing Prince Charles has got coronavirus, and you know, and I thought that was probably the first time I thought, oh my god, this is really serious now that Prince Charles 
you know, we know he's a fit and healthy man. He's 71. Uh, but, but because he's 71, it was always it was talking about some older people were far at risk. Anyone sort of over 50 and 60 were at risk. And that stage, you didn't really know the, the trajectory of the virus. Everyone was sort of really worried about it. We'd just come out of the back of a lockdown or we're coming in, still we in the in lockdown. Going, in, it, it, just going into the lockdown, yeah. So then, it was really early. And so, and then Boris Johnson, and then, and then now, obviously, we found out that William had it only a couple of weeks later. And could you imagine if that's that had been that had come out at the time? I think it would have been complete panic stations. And I can absolutely sympathise with with why they didn't announce it at the time, and that William has sort of since let it let it be known that he did have it and then did recover because it would have been an absolute crisis at the time. Um, I mean, it was just an absolute juggernaut, wasn't it? Looking at all the day after day after day headlines and figures and stats mm. and looking at graphs that nobody understood. And um, and certainly there was a, a very, very bizarre feeling of, and I don't think we'll ever want to go back to that, yeah. It was also, it was all unknown and all new. And, you know, people were still trying to figure out how to treat it and was that, were there drugs that could help or not and my husband and I we were talking that you know like who was that person who figured out okay well let's just try and turn them over and see what see what happens with that but like you know like well done for exploring all of these different things so you know all of the people who've been working in medicine this year like there's a couple of people in my in my family my future sister-in-law and my cousin who've been and uh, who've been sort of in in hospitals working this year and it's just been intense and you know let's just hope that for everybody next year is a better year but in terms of the royal family and how they've managed actually to find a new way to do their work like sarah what have you made of of their sort of transformation if you like yeah i've really enjoyed the fact they've really come on board with like video calls and kind of seeming and coming across very like normal like the rest of us have like when you're on a zoom call with like your boss you're having drinks with your friends the royals have very much tried to uphold that and kind of make it seem like it's a normal now part of your day and they obviously want to keep their messages getting out there and you know with harry and megan they did the same um and did their own little video calls to people like from where they were so it was just like it was nice that what they were sorry what we were having to do they were also doing too like they weren't immune from it which was kind of nice it made us all feel like unison or like one person if that makes sense yeah yeah that was i think that's that, that was part of it right so when we were living in this whole new world charles and william were actually two who put their heads together actually william was come, coming up with it first and saying we need to take this on a digital platform they were the guy, the guys who had like a decent social media team they were quite you know the young Am I allowed? Am I allowed to call them young? I'm, I'm the same yeah. age, so yeah. You're younger than me. If you're younger than me, you're young. So then they, yeah, they, they, they were the sort of tech savvy ones. They know mm. the reach that you can have on social media, and they said, right, let's get involved straight away. Then Charles, who was already carrying out all his meetings on uh, video calls, knew that he could do exactly the same thing, and then got fully involved with it after a conversation with William. So this whole digital first aspect of the royal family is something that they will carry on obviously you can't replace getting out doing the job going to tours getting out to you know cutting ribbons or opening plaques or actually meeting real life people if you if you can remember what that was like but the they will be doing stuff with digital as well and i think that they will be able to reach the you know the four corners of the planet 
whilst be doing the sort of day-to-day job that we have come to expecting and, and, and love them doing as well. So they'll probably be a lot busier next year, but they need to make up for lost time, I think, as mm. do we all. Yeah. I was just having a massive flashback to, to when Prince Charles was sort of first doing this. It might even have been his message that he gave when he, he had recovered from the coronavirus and he got his sort of propped up iPad impromptu stand that we've, you know, we've all propped different, like I was advocating the use of an ironing board earlier to Russell for like resting things on as a very useful um, prop. So like ironing board being used for unusual things, stacks of books all over the show for, you know, impromptu office, um, office setups. But, you know, what, what do you see as being the key achievements for the Royal Family this year? Do you think Russell or like the projects that have moved, moved things on? (laughs) Well, undoubtedly, I mean, the fruition of Kate's five big ideas, the early learning stuff is something that we're going to be talking about, you know, early next year and way beyond. I mean, she spoke herself about this. This will take generations. Well, this won't be a flash in the pan thing. Um, Williams Earthshot program. Very, very interesting. Really interested to see where that goes next year and beyond. I mean, this is a a decade long project. Again, inviting um, ideas from the four corners of the globe to try and solve the biggest problems that we now face. Um, I, I also think the sort of the, the way that we now view the royal family is going to be really, really different. Harry and Meghan, there, will, will, there, there won't be a way back for them. Mm. They will have the Queen and the seven senior royals, the magnificent seven, as the very wise uh, newspaper subs put in my story the other day but I think that that is the central what you're very very important what you're going to see next year you're going to see a lot of collaboration you're going to see a lot of them um, helping each other out with their individual projects and uh, and not only Kate and William doing the the things that we've come to know of them this year supporting the NHS key workers um, but that real sort of community aspect of it all while still doing the sort of long-term big global projects as well I'm going to give a shout out to the Hold Still project as well because I thought that was great and it was a way that did actually really include a lot of people and kind of tapped into that um, moment of everything was running at a different pace and pictures and how it was captured and sort of the human... Well, I think think they were really good and Hold Still is a perfect example of that, right? Is is, is there is this huge, fast-developing... Um, issue taking hold and they were very very quick to de- to adapt to the situation um, like having the kids clapping for the NHS doing the rainbow pictures with Louis in his hands so they were using what would have been you know big moments for the kids birthday pictures or whatever in those in the in, within the year but really trying to really maximize the the reach and potential um column inches and us talking about it that that it would have throughout the year um i, I mean i hate i hate that sort of phrase they've had a good a good year in the pandemic but they've they've just really come into their own and i yeah. think that with they've helped the lot a lot of the family as well if you know the queen has been out getting out on the video calls charles has as well um certainly william is taking over this sort of environmental mantle um, and and you're seeing Kate doing things with um, with girls' education that Megan may have may have had a big hand in, as as is Camilla. I mean, Camilla's book club has been really really successful this year. So um, I think they've just laid the foundations for what is going to be a really really exciting couple of years ahead. 
are there any particular highlights for you Sarah um I mean in terms of fashion yes quite a few (laughs) but um I think for me you know it was that leeway that we've just kind of come out of and going back into of lockdown finishing bit of normalization and then obviously we've gone back into the tier system again I think it was really important for Kate and Wills to kind of go back out there and that was where the Royal Train uh what's it called Royal Train yeah Royal Train Tour Royal Train yeah. Tour Royal Train I think Tour. I, I know a lot of people had their opinions about that and how they should have been staying home and we were discussing it earlier and protecting the NHS and whatnot but I think they also wanted to kind of get back out there and put their faces uh, like real faces and kind of see real people again and be like we are here for you we're not the you know on the pedestal yes we are royal but we are here for you we want to help you you know and kind of get their names back out there and kind of really promote what they want to kind of do in the future but also one thing we i've picked up on before is that megan sorry not megan kate wore a lot of the same outfits that she's worn before because she didn't want to detract from the message that her and william were getting across she wanted to kind of be there and kind of make the statements together in unison as they would have behind the screen as they would in front um, so we're going to come to some favourites questions next. But first of all, I'm going to so I'll, I'll give you some warning so you can have a think while I share the listeners' thoughts on on something. So your favourite royal moments of the year. Um, so your favourite royal moments of the year, a favourite engagement that they went to, and a favourite fashion moment. And I'm particularly looking forward to hearing Russell's favourite fashion moments. So <laughs> but anyway, first of all, we need to hear from our lovely listeners. Um, so who has got in touch telling us their royal highlights of 2021 LRDLO607 pictures of the Cambridge kids DLFWEZ so many so many letters today always this podcast oh thank you that is very lovely and this year seemed like Anne's year good press for the Princess Royal be interesting to see if we um, if that helps even more as we get the kind of the new firm coming to the fore the Queen on Zoom calls and a new ambassador curtsying to a laptop says King Thursday great suggestion and the fact that we see more of the Cambridges and less of Harry and Meghan so not so much of a fan um, Mrs Rumpf um, a regular correspondent hello and happy new year to you says the Cambridges clapping outside their door in the clap for carers video with a crying eyes emoji and a heart um, Sophie Chauvin saying Princess Beatrice wearing one of the Queen's dresses for her wedding Royal family leading the nation during the pandemic clap for carers the Queen's speech Miss Steffi says the Cambridge kids crafts as mentioned by Russell and Diana SB says it has to be B's wedding three question marks I have to say I think that is my that is my favourite royal moment of the year and the kind of the pictures coming out was so cute and she looked sort of she had quite a look of wonder on her face almost like she was going off exploring but I do also have to have another favourite royal moment of the year and that is partly down to lovely Daniel Jackson our producer and Russell and all of the Pod Save the Queen family who um, massively surprised me on the occasion of our 100th episode as the music played and it wasn't quite the normal music and then here was a load of lovely messages from um, from friends of the podcast from, from the past and I thought you were going to say the royal family no <laughs> that's for the 250th episode so you know Dan you've got a bit of time to work on that one but yeah that was I was it was a really delightful day it was pretty much I mean we maybe did like one or two more podcasts in the office after that um so I'm very, yeah I'm really glad that we got to do that have fun and eat a load of cake as well that was a great day so Russell have you got a favorite royal moment of the year 
Well, I just, yeah, maybe my favourite royal moment was going to Israel and Palestine with, with Prince Charles. I thought that was really historic. I felt very, very privileged to have been there to witness some of those moments. And, um, but then a, a, more, a more lighthearted moment, I the loved the Prince Louis rainbow hand pictures and the Instagram reality. <laughs> I thought that was just great because it was a real sort of moment of national unity with the rainbows. And again, talking about how they've adapted the Cambridges to try and um, move with the times very, very quickly. That was that was inspired. Uh, the, was it Comic Relief that William did? I, everyone said his, his performance was a little bit wooden when he did the Comic Relief. Oh, with Stephen Fry. Yeah, yeah. Was it Children and Me? Yeah, yeah. No, it's Comic, Comic Relief. Comic Relief. Uh, yeah, I think big night, big night in, says our big expert in the gallery. Uh, but I liked, I liked that. I thought it was good fun. And again, you know, again, taking the mick out of themselves a little bit. Um, William yeah, not he, wearing your trousers, was he? That, well, he doesn't take himself allegedly. too seriously, does he? Like, no, I really, again, yeah, him appearing good. on the Peter Crouch podcast, I thought it was great as well. I oh, I really, love really that. human. Um, favorite royal moments for you, Sarah? Oh, I'm gonna go with Kate Middleton at the National History Museum and announcing the winner of, I think it was. I love wildlife photographer of the year. Yes, I just, I thought she just looked, she just looked great, and it was just nice to see her back out there, and she had a nice suit on, and I just think, yeah, that was a good one for me. Or Princess Eugenie's uh, baby announcement with the John Lewis baby slippers. I liked that. Oh, very cute, very yes. cute. Um, so is Kate your fashion moment, or do you have a different fashion <gasps> moment? Oh, well, I've got three. Okay, I mean, that's allowed. Yeah, I would go, no particular order. But actually, no, maybe this is my running order. I would say Kate's recycled Alexander McQueen dress that she wore to the BAFTAs in February. Loved that. That was quite a while ago. Um, then number two would be Meghan in Victoria Beckham when she was wearing the blue, bright blue dress and she kind of matched with Harry. She's had a few matching moments with Harry. I think there was another time she wore a really, really bright scarlet red dress. And oh, Harry the one where, where the, yes. the, the, the under the umbrella. Yep, love, love, love that. And then, of course, number one has got to be Princess Beatrice wearing one of the Queen's dresses for her wedding day. I love that. Absolutely. Um, see where. The, so, Russell, what about you? Are there any, is there anything that's well? Do you want to give a shout out to the boys? You have seen Kate recently. You could talk about her amazing coats. I was going to see. Well, I liked the coats that had that red Alexander McQueen coat. There we go. They've been paying attention. What was the green one? Oh, uh, Catherine Walker. Catherine Walker. Yeah, Adam Walker. That was a nice coat. I liked the Queen's red coat the other day in Windsor. That was oh, very yes. nice. Oh yeah, with the red hat. Angela Kelly. Uh, no, I'm going to say Princess Beatrice with Queen's recycled dress is definitely yeah. number one. Uh, but also shout out for Kate wearing her pussy bow, Gucci pussy bow <laughs> blouse, the mauve one that I liked. I think she wore it to a school ages yeah. ago, and then yeah. she recycled it for the Five Big Questions. Yeah, and, and Sarah's completely right about wearing these outfits, not wanting to take away from the business in, in hand of, you know, just, I mean, it's wearing very nice recycled clothes, isn't it? It's like not, not my bobbly jumpers that I'm well, it's like wearing for saying, five days in a row. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I was saying how, you know, the Queen and Prince Philip are, you know, slumming it in Buckingham Palace, but the rest of us in our South London flats with just two exactly. rooms to mosey around. Exactly. Yeah, there's plenty of room to roam around in Windsor Castle, get out on the horses. Socially well. distance. I was just reminding myself which dress it was that Kate wore for the BAFTAs, and it was... Oh. 
oh, white, he worked white and gold um, one from one of the royal tours, and it yeah, loved it. I, I really enjoyed it when it first came out, and I enjoyed seeing it again. Oh god, I love a red carpet. Please, can we have red carpets back in twenty twenty one? That would be really nice. That's what I'm looking forward to. But yeah, I think favorite fashion moment. It has to be. It has to be Beatrice. You can't. Ultimately, the rule is you cannot beat a wedding dress. End of. If ever I was editing on a Saturday and there were wedding dress pictures, even if it was like some obscure royal from Europe, I'd be like, we should do these because people love to click on a wedding dress. And yep. they're just beautiful. Anyway, right. So that is 2020. Done. 2021. Let's have, let's make it better. Let's have a good year. Let's have lots of lovely things. Um, so Russell, you've talked a bit about the new firm and like supporting mm. each other on projects and things and Earthshot, but are there other particular things that we are looking ahead to? Well, it's a weird one, isn't it? I mean, they, they are planning, but not too far in advance because I don't think they can do like, you know, look at a tour would take, four to six months worth of planning sometimes even longer if they're politically sensitive but I, I don't think they're looking that far ahead I mean there was obviously talk of William and Kate remember at the start of the year when they had the Australian wildfires were really mm. taking off I mean that was probably so I was there last December right so I was there in, in in Australia and then it was the big wildfires and then I think we had the turn of the year it was still a major issue and William and Kate were then certainly the Australian government were talking about getting them over there um, and that would you were still jet lagged when you came back and um, Meghan and Harry you, quit the royal family I got off the plane around, not wishing not wishing to divert too much but I got off the plane I turned my phone on and my phone <laughs> lit up like a Christmas tree and then I didn't sleep for four days after that but it was really I mean a, a, talking harking back to that time Australian wildfires was like a worldwide global disaster at the time, wasn't yeah. it? And then we were talking about that. Where were the royals? The royals were going to go out there. Was it going to be straight away? There was talk of them going over in April. And then obviously all the world started ending. And then um, that's, we haven't even spoken about that for ages. So yeah, I do think there's still, that still may happen because um, I was again talking something about something environmental. Uh, that the the uh, Australia have had their worst or their hottest spring on record, even after last year. So you imagine their their summer is going to be full of wildfires, unfortunately. So again, we may then see something in the pipeline for a royal tour to Australia because it's been a while since they've been there, and they had sort of intimated that they would do it next year. And they do need to get out to the Commonwealth. So maybe that will mm. happen. I don't know. And um, it hasn't gone away for them as well because they did have that um, video call with um with people in australia back in october so you know they they are aware of it being a sort of an ongoing issue and absolutely and not yeah. letting it drop and because of Earthshot, i think that william's going to have to get out there isn't he? he's going to have to go to um different different continents to try and drum up support for his project well does he because you know surely that's half the point of zoom is you don't need to and other video calling uh <laughs> oh, yeah, other, other video calling systems but you know you if if one of the criticisms probably this time last year actually we were talking about um you know the royals talking a good game on the environment but then flying all over the place and having such a big carbon footprint and you know if you can can you do enough on video calls and by 
being clever and using your digital platform to elevate that stuff? Like, does it need to be Prince William on a beach in whatever Madagascar, say? Does it need to be him or can it just be him talking over the top of it? I mean, David Attenborough doesn't go out about all over the world anymore. He just narrates it. And that was yeah, all right. I, I, still, I still do. Th- there is definitely a point of that. And yes, we will be all need to be a more environmentally conscious, especially with the spread of infectious diseases with how we're treating the planet of course and that it will i think that will be really really important um but there is no no replacement for getting out there seeing things for yourself being able to have news organizations with you to do a tour and report on on things like that because uh, i i and obviously i want to go and experience these sort of things i am saying <laughs> from a selfish point of view however there is no substitute for being able to have boots on the ground whether mm. that's a royal or the media organizations or the charities that they're with to be actually demonstrating what work is being done or needs to be done and highlighting those courses um some big family milestones coming up as well the duke of Edinburgh is going to be a hundred and you know is, is there is there anything plans Russell? well sarah what did you want to say I've got a question. So you know when Come you on. turn 100, you get you get a queen from the card. What does he get? A queen, queen from the card. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, a card from the queen. Does he already? already. Uh, well, you, you I, maybe he does. I mean, why well, break the tradition? I hope he gets the card from the queen. Like, but, I, I, I think that's a Lindsay's birthday. birthday. If I didn't uh, give my husband a card on his birthday, never mind his birthday, I think I'd probably be in trouble. Is, is, is he a card man? Is he, he likes a card? He's got to have a card. <laughs> well, he likes a present as well, but you know. And a what cake. What do you get as a hundred? Well, I've been thinking about what we should... So I looked up um, what sort of happened to the Queen Mum, and I think didn't Prince Charles get a piece of music composed for her, and there was like a parade. Aww. And I have been thinking that Prince Philip loves carriage driving. So I think what should happen is they should give over um, horse guards and the mall for some, the mall, not mall, to some like massive London 2012 style uh, carriage driving extravaganza of almost like Roman chariots charging about the centre of London. Well, I mean, like some sort of Ben-Hur. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I'm I'm up for it. (laughs) <laughs> if we can make it happen, you know, well, you never know. Do you want know. to let the palace know that we're available to organise it? I mean, oh, I'm, I'm sure, def- I'll, I'll sure it we forward. can bustle it up. I think you should. So I don't know too much about his 100th birthday celebration. It's all been kept under wraps. But what I do know, they were talking about a big exhibition. And uh, because they were writing the forward to the programme, but it's part of this big, it's going to be a photography exhibition of sort of his life and times and what a life he has had. Uh, but Prince Andrew has been sort of elbowed out of all proceedings he's deemed to be so toxic that they don't want anything to do with him so i mean it's pretty awkward but i imagine there will be some you know private and uh public celebrations i mean it's a, a tremendous milestone I'm sure he's going to get to it 100th birthday and then chariot riding on the mouth why not yes come on <laughs> i mean we all need something to celebrate in 2021 for sure um and also there's some royal babies on the horizon absolute <laughs> extravaganza of lockdown babies <laughs> princess you see mentioned princess usually in the little the little booties and we've had zara tyndall middleton who knows whether there might be others on the way so you know good luck to all of them and that will again will be some joyful news hopefully for next year 
Well, also, and again, the, 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 straight away in January, we're going to find out whether Meghan has succeeded in her in her court case to have this summary judgment, and that's going to be a big deal because that's in January the 11th that that the trial was due to be heard, and then obviously they've been have been given this delay. Um, so whether the, she is granted the summary judgment, whether it does go to a full trial, then we'll have another sort of you know, 10 months of waiting, nine or 10 months waiting on it because it won't be heard before October the 15th or whether she drops it all together. I mean, there's a lot of people in sort of the legal field is just saying maybe it will reach a, a um, maybe they'll reach a view where they, they're just concentrating on other things and they've just cut their losses. I mean, I think it's 50-50 at the moment. I didn't, at one stage, I didn't think it would get to trial. Then I changed my mind. Now I've changed my mind, I, I think, again, I'm not too sure. <laughs> flip-flop just like a politician yeah pretty pretty much pretty much but i think listen they've got they've got other things to be getting on with um i mean i think megan has opened up a different side of herself as well speaking about her miscarriage and what that means in terms of directions that they will she's been very very open and honest and i imagine that may, some of the podcasts may um involve some her speaking about things like that so very very personal event um I mean, their Archwell situation as well that will be launched in the spring is going to be massive. It's going to be absolutely huge. Between Netflix, Spotify, you name it, they'll be doing it. And the, 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 the shackles will be off, especially after the sort of 12-month um, review is up. And then one, one may presume that it will just, they'll just cut their losses. So do you think they'll wait for the 12-month review and... Then go yeah, I think that was, always, that was always the case. I mean, I think Archer will be launched in the spring. They'll wait till coronavirus is out, is, is finished. I mean, I'm just looking at this Spotify thing at the moment, and that, that seems to be launching just, there's going to be one a holiday special in a couple in a week or two. And then that might be, you never know, might be once a week, once a fortnight, whatever. I mean, and then the Netflix uh, documentaries will come thick and fast. They're going to have to earn their money somehow, aren't they? They're going to be very, very busy. <laughs> well, it sounds like quite a nice way to earn your money, making podcasts, so not so, not so bad. <laughs> I know, I know. If anyone wants to give us sort of 50 million quid, I mean, the offer's still there. We I mean, do this for fun. I'm still holding out for Cartier. Oh, Cartier. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, the other the, the person who we didn't actually speak about in the first half of the um, of the show, and we could probably wrap it into this this second half of the show, um, is Prince Andrew, because we're now over a year after that disastrous Newsnight interview. The FBI continue to want to talk to him. It's not happening, and you know, who knows? It may well be in exactly the same position in a year's time. Or do you think there will have to be some movement next year, Russell? And they just it can't just go on and on and on. Well, I, I, there's been a big four-part series in the Daily Mail recently uh, this this week that has opened up another can of worms for for Prince Andrew, questioning his alibi the, on the date of the infamous Pizza Express party, uh, questioning whether he actually did stay at Jeffrey Epstein's mansion in 2001 when he said he didn't. Um, also, questioning places and people that he'd spoken to and whether he was there or here. I mean, obviously, he's still denied all the allegations against him. He has maintained that he's he's offered to speak to the FBI and the US investigators on, you know, as le at, at least three occasions this year. However, we're a year on from the um, from the BBC Panorama show, and we're still no closer to getting to the truth, whatever the truth is. I think that 
Um, certainly there's going to be an awful lot more questions and an awful lot more people coming forward. The lawyers are really interested in taking this on um, for their clients. And I think that uh, until he inks that date in his diary, then it's going to be a, um, a very, very important situation to be rectified. Um, anything else that we should be looking forward to in 2021 that we know Getting about? to the pub. That's what we want to be looking forward to. I mean... We've just gone back tonight. More, more red carpet from the, the tonight. From the, tonight the pub's shut again. More red I carpet. Know, I know. I yeah. know. But getting out and about on walkabouts and meeting people, not only our friends and family, but also the going out on seeing the royals on jobs because the royal mm. train tour was a great success. Whether you agreed with it or not, I know there was a couple of dissenting voices, sort of north and west of the borders, but. Overall, it was all very COVID compliant. It was agreed with the powers that be in the in the devolved nations. And I think a lot of people really did appreciate it. And that's what the Royals should be doing. And yeah. we want to be able to see them out and about. Um, you know, so fingers crossed for... More out and about. Yeah. That would be nice. So I've got some um, hopes for 2021 from some of our listeners. Uh, Milani09 says more working together of the senior royals and tours um, Gabriel Gibson says that the British media will stop picking on the Sussexes um, JK just in case probably putting the flip side of that hard Mexit no titles and silence from Montecito LRDLO607 again says will and Harry reconciliation um, Sigatol says all the crazy cyberbullying from fans to disappear um, I'd not quite registered that, you know, I know Russell mentioned it a couple of weeks ago about Clarence House turning off replies on on Twitter, be- partly because of the kind of the backlash to what was portrayed in The Crown and the reigniting of the sort of Camilla versus Diana and, and all of that row. And like, just when Pod Save the Queen couldn't reply to Clarence House about the dog and just say that this was lovely, <laughs> which made me a bit sad. And that's like, this is the impact. This is the impact of the trolls. There's just shutting mate spoiling spoiling what should be a nice place so stop it people i'm sure i'll say the queen listeners are all well behaved and good citizens of the internet so thank you for being with us right dlfwez said everyone healthy and i hope charles and camilla hating is less i think it's time to let it go king's thursday hearing more about platinum jubilee and seeing more engagements in person um so Shavan, the royals helping us to recover getting the vaccine visiting businesses highlighting heroes etc and to have more in-person engagements and hopefully a tour emma joe weiss is hoping for a sibling for archie and a reunion between the cambridges and sussexes mr victors Diana SB says more drama from the Sussexes. I mean, I think the royal family never never fail us on on the drama front for sure. There's always something interesting happening. So, um, but next year, Sarah, most important question of all: what will they be wearing? What should they be wearing to be looking more fashionable? Um, it's, it's an interesting one because, um, as we've seen from Kate, she does love the high street and she's been recycling more stuff than ever, more of her wardrobe, whether it's because shops have been shut during the pandemic or whether she just can't be bothered to buy any more clothes. Um, but I'm, I'm the wardrobes are full. This is it, chocker block, <laughs> and she can't get down to Oxfam to recycle it. So, um, yeah, I think we'll see some more high street from her. And obviously florals are a big one for obviously spring and summer trends. So, and we all know Kate loves a floral midi dress. So it's what she's known for. But for Megan, um, she's really into empowering female designers and sustainable brands. So I think we'll just see more of that from her. And who knows, maybe she'll create her own 
range of um, clothing and more money in the bank. All I really want to see is Prince William in an Aston Villa face mask. <laughs> I still need to, I need to, I need to, I knew there was something else I needed to get on the Christmas gift list. And that's clearly if anyone from Aston Villa is listening. Please, will you deliver one to Kensington Palace? I might just, I might just have to get one and send it to Kensington Palace and say love from Pod Save the Queen. But Do you yeah. think we can get it through? I think we can get it through. <laughs> we'll get um, to do it. Good. Right. So 2020 for you two, like 2020 and 2021, how are you feeling going into the, the new year, both in terms of like, well, I guess on the royal perspective, like what's your final closing thought for our listeners? Positivity. We, yeah. we need positivity into the new year. We're not going to be out of the woods, are we, until the spring? We're not going to see any tours maybe you might get a little one but we need to remain positive we are going to come out of this at the other side i think what has been really good i have taken away from this is i really want to see people that i haven't been able to see but i've also you know what i have a really good relationship with my, my postman my two postmen who i never really spoke to and i've lived in my house for years and i speak to them every day now and i speak to the people at the local shop and at the butchers yeah. that we never spoke to and it's like we actually do feel really part, more part of the community that we here haven't done and we've lived here for like six, seven years or whatever. So more of that, more, even though when things do get back to normal, then we can be really, really positive. And that's probably my big takeaway from it. That's not about the Royals really, it's about myself, isn't it? No, but, but I think that's good, but that's like a state of the nation. And also, yeah, it's, you know, it's been a big year for Russell as well with the arrival of his baby and Mrs. Myers. And I bought, so... I bought her a secret West Ham baby grow that I'm going to put her in when I see my in-laws because they're all Liverpool fans <laughs> and I've, I haven't told anyone about it. So, so yeah. Excellent. Very, you very naughty. Yeah. Um, Sarah, how about for you? Yeah, I'm excited for all the new royal babies to arrive because obviously Eugenie's is early early 2021, so we don't know the exact date. So I'm hoping that'll be some good New Year news. Um, yeah, more of Meghan, more of Kate, more of the kids. I miss seeing little Archie's chubby little face. So let's get him back out because the last time we saw him was around his birthday. So I'm looking, I'm hoping for some Instagram pictures taken by Kate over Christmas to appear because that always makes makes my day that. Excellent. Well, we didn't mention the uh, the Cambridge's Christmas card. But that's for tomorrow's episode, which will okay. be the two weeks ago episode in the space time continuum, Russell. Okay, so yeah, you <laughs> will have heard you will have heard me talking about yeah. it. So, yeah. It's all right. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, listeners, I have to say, doing the podcast this year has been one of the highlights of my of my week, and it's been a nice kind of you know, way to connect in the outside world and to think about different things and to come together with some good friends on the, on the regular crew and have a, have a laugh and a discussion and a debate and then speak to actually some really interesting people who've kindly joined us over the course of the year. And so all of our, all of our special guests, thank you so much for, for being on the show. And if you haven't heard those, um, those particular interviews, then go back, go back and have a listen because I think there's been some really good different interesting ones um this year and we will try and come back you know with even more bigger and better next year so thank you very much for being part of pod save the queen this year and listening to us we hope we have made your 2020 a little bit brighter and until next time pod save the queen
I really enjoyed watching Anne slowly disappear and fade into darkness. I'm dark. saying yeah. it's, that whole thing. it's hilarious. I wanted to stop and say, do you want to go and turn your light on? Because you've become a ghost <laughs> so at this funny. point. And then all of a sudden just came up as like Blair Witch Project. It's just your face. <laughs> <laughs> 